0: All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of QuarkCast. This is your host, Tim.
1: And I'm Mikey. And this is Sahil. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of QuarkCast. So uh, before we get started, some logistical things. If you have any comments or questions, please do post them on the YouTube channel. That way you can get to them during the episode. And so, yeah. So let's get started. So so, Tim, I was I was struggling to break apart an electron. Decided like, why not go for the next best thing, like a proton? So is, can I do it, or is my efforts futile? What, what do you easier. say?
0: <laughs> well, actually, the other day we were thinking about this question, and I did a little Google search. As we all know, Google is the source of all truth. Yeah. It turns out that if you put if you put it in Google and and ask, can we split a proton? It says no. The answer is no. You cannot really? split a proton. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, but, 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 but let's give that, uh, that perspective a go first. Um, so what do people oh. mean when usually when they say splitting a proton? I think a lot of people are referring to nuclear physics. So it's like, if you don't know about the periodic table, uh, there's, like, uh, there's hydrogen, helium, lithium, blah, 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 all that. Uh, the nucleus of these atoms are made of protons and neutrons. People have built accelerators to, to bombard them apart basically perform alchemy to turn one, one element to another. And it turns out that you could you know, break apart the nucleus into protons and neutrons. From that perspective, it seems like uh, the protons is the unit that becomes in, indestructible. Um, um, so from that regard, it seems like the proton, yeah, it, you can't split the proton. But is that really the reality?
2: Just so you know, that, that answer on Google, uh, I believe it's from Reddit. Is that right? Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's a very strong stance, right? <laughs> we could debate, you know, we will on the show debate whether or not it's possible to split a proton. So for them to just say,
1: no, that's. Huh. So apparently some some person on Reddit saying you, you can't do it. Is that, do you agree with that, Mikey? Or is that is that guy right? What's going on? I think
2: their explanation for why it's not, it's fine. <laughs> but let's give them the particle physics perspective.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so what what is the particle physics perspective?
2: It's a little more muddled. I don't know. I mean, so Tim, you're gonna you're gonna say we cannot?
0: Well, I don't know. I I, I think that there are multiple perspectives. I think on the one hand, they, they, there's some ways you can talk about it in which we cannot but there are some other ways you can talk about it and then we can answer uh, the answer will be yes but each way of thinking about it actually brings out some new physics so Mm -hmm. so i think we should talk about both
2: i think if you can split an atom you can split a pro. you
1: can split a proton (laughs) what what makes you so confident about that mikey
2: I mean, it depends on what you mean by split, right? So when we, we, yeah. we say split an atom, we mean can we, well, first of all, we typically imagine the atom being made up of smaller, more fundamental constituents. And when we say mm-hmm. split, we usually mean being able to separate them. But yeah. for how long do we need to separate these things um, in order for we to say, to say we split them? If I, if I separate a nucleus from the electron of an atom, for like uh-huh. 10 seconds, would you say that I've split it? What if it, it recombines after 10 seconds? Oh, uh, split it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm going to say yes. <laughs> so, you know, how long can you pull a quark out of a proton? The time is not zero, it's actually a very short amount of time that uh, a quark can exist outside of what I would call the proton. Um, but
1: so wait let, let's take a step back for a moment you me- you mentioned uh, a new term quark what what is oh, it like what what does that have to do with the proton what why did we talk about quarks now
2: yeah ah uh, so yeah I guess this goes back to the question so you know most people when they think of an atom and they think of splitting an atom or I guess even more fundamentally when we think of splitting a tomato let's say we think of a tomato being made up of like atoms and you can split yep. this set of atoms so it's in a different place from this set of atoms uh, if we think of an Oh, sorry, tomatoes, <laughs> not atoms. <laughs> uh, we, we can think of the same thing with atoms, though. I mean, you know, we can split the different constituent parts so that they're far apart from each other, and we would call it split. In a sense, protons can be thought of as being made up of smaller, more fundamental constituents, uh, which we call quarks. For reasons we'll get into, it's hard. It's a little bit harder to think of them as building blocks. But well, I think they're building blocks. <laughs>
0: Let's clarify a little bit. When we say quarks, we I think the spelling matters. It, it's the Q U A R K. Like maybe one day we'll finally go over the origin of quarkast, which which is spelled with Q U I R K. Yeah. Right. Um, but but what we're talking about is the Q U A R K, the quark. So the proton turns out it's a com- what we call a composite particle, that it is made of quarks and gluons. So. So, normally, so normally, what we call yeah <laughs> what, we, what we call yeah yeah Quartz and <laughs> gluons, and and normally when we split something like splitting a proton uh, an electron from the proton you know um it, it's like you can gra- you you take it away, and and there's a sense in which they're completely separated Like, you you know like you, you can break a you can ionize an atom, right? But to some extent they're still interacting, uh like gravitationally minimally. So 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 even this total splitting it's not absolute but it's pretty clean. It's a very clean way of splitting but for the, the proton it's a bit subtle because even though a proton is made of quarks and gluons if you try to pull one out you kind of don't really succeed like that's why there's some physics in it that makes it such that it's not possible to actually, just grab a cork or gluon out of out of a proton and, and to take a look no you it's just actually... have to
2: do really fast
0: yeah so, so it turns out that the, the um, like the, the the amount of time it takes or the time scale at which things happen is very important it changes your perspective basically on, on what the image uh, like what the processes look like
1: so yeah so I want to I want also kind of like take a step back. So you're saying that there are these like, I'm using in quotes, like constituents or like basic building blocks, again, in quotes, of a proton, which are these quarks and gluons. And what you're saying is it's difficult to grab an individual quark or gluon out of a proton due to reasons that we'll discuss in a little bit. But um, it's just hard to split it in that sense because you, you can't really, like there's a might be like a a strong interaction between the quarks or or how how should i think about this
2: there are rubber bands tying the quarks together <laughs>
1: yeah so the harder you pull the
2: harder it pulls back
1: uh, how how does that work that's that's so that's so i mean i what like how's that different than like electrical attraction between like a positive and negative charge that the more you you pull like it's it goes down right that.
2: Yeah, ah. most forces get weaker as they get farther away. Um, yeah. And that's why it's usually possible that you can split a planet from a star, it's orbiting. Mm-hmm. You can split an electron from a nucleus, it's orbiting. Physically, it's hard to separate a quark from a proton because it's like an opposite force. <laughs> yeah, this is what
0: we call the strong force. It turns out that the strong force, it's a very it's got very different characteris- characteristics. So that's why you can cleanly separate out a, an electron for, for, from a proton. So that's why you can split uh, a hydrogen atom into its conti- constituents, an electron and a proton. But uh, if you try to do the same thing for a proton, it's like you pull something out, you pu- try to pull a quark out, but then the force gets stronger and stronger. So something, you know, something's got to break, basically. So you can't really completely cleanly separate there's no clean split but there is another sense that you can have more like a dirty split
1: (laughs) so what when you're talking about cleanly split i just just want to make sure I'm, i'm on the same page it's that there's very little interaction between what is being split but in the case of the strong force if you're trying to pull something out it's very strongly interacting with try to pull out another quark it's very strongly interacting with the other quarks and gluons so it's difficult to do a clean split is that is that more of what you're saying yeah, the harder you pull, the harder
2: it pulls back. Yeah, and then if you pull too hard, it snaps and creates children. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, we recently at my
0: home, I've, I've been trying to make like pizza. So it's like working with the dough. You know, when the <laughs> dough is not so sticky, you can just remove your hand. It's clean. Everything is clean. It's a clean split. But the dough is so sticky, like the strong force. You, you know, you, your, your hand is in there, it's all stuck, everything is stuck together. But if you really try to pull very hard, and you end up with a mess, like just dough everywhere. So the, the similar situation is, uh, is happening actually with the protons. And, and in particle physics, we call this the brown muck. I, I think there are a few different terms.
1: Oh, why brown and why, yeah, just brown muck, what, what is that Probably about? because
2: it's all different colors mixed up.
1: Yeah, it, it's oh.
2: a very
0: colorful analogy, because it's the strong force, mm. and for reasons that I don't know if we'll go into, um, the strong force actually has three different types of characteristics, and We're it has to... nothing to do with, with color at all, but because we, we know that there are also three different types of primary colors, mainly to do with the, the cones in our eyes, really, so people kind of make that analogy. They call, they call it the color force. Hmm. So, so, so the br- yeah, so the brown is f- referring to the mix of all the colors, I think.
1: Ah, okay, that that makes that makes sense. So, so now you put us in this sticky situation, one <laughs> non intended, <laughs> in which like it's difficult to remove a, remove a quark, but does that mean it's not splittable? Or, I mean, I guess our notion of splittable has become a bit more tricky to define. So, is is it possible to do like a quote unquote dirty split? of a proton. Yeah, I
0: would say that's definitively yes. Um, okay. And a lot of times if you really try really hard to bombard the proton with something, that, that, that's what you do when you try to split something, right? Just try to smack it really hard, like uh, blast it with something. A lot of times these dirtiness ends up creating more protons or some other additional particle. So it's not like you break proton into two different things. A lot of times you, 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 you smack a proton you end up producing maybe even more protons. Maybe maybe you turn some of them into a neutron, and then just stuff comes out. So it's not just like you're splitting. You're just like almost like more like obliterating it, and just and and just this dirty stuff comes out.
1: I see. Is is there a way to to explain like very simply how do we know a proton is made up of these like quarks and gluons? Kind of maybe, Mikey, if you know the history of that or. Like how how do we figure that out? Or that's too it's too out of scope question. We can can table that.
2: Okay, there's the there's the textbook answer, which is uh, it came from collision experiments. So it's it's very similar to um, the way people discovered that atoms were made up of smaller stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but a little bit different. So I just to recap, the way people learned that atoms were made up of smaller stuff was they shot. They shot basically little marbles at the atom and they noticed that most of the times it went straight through which indicated mm-hmm. that most of it was empty space and then like follow-up uh, experiments show that there's actually yeah these uh, smaller structures in there and it is actually mostly empty space mm-hmm. um so they did similar experiments with protons uh it wasn't that they found that there was empty space but uh when they knocked protons uh what they found was this thing that seemed to be like oscillating like kind of like a, essentially like elastic rubber bands. So, but essentially that indicates that, you know, we can think of the proton as a bunch of little marbles that are held together with rubber bands. And when we knocked it, uh, the oscillation um, of those rubber bands was exactly the kind of behavior that we observed in the proton.
0: Yeah, let me just add, um, I don't know if this is historically accurate, I think, I think it was um, some of the work done by Beer King and, and the company. So, so, so basically they try to, like Mikey said, they try to collide protons with other protons or anti-protons with each other uh, at increasingly higher energy. And the interesting bit was that the higher energy the collision was, kind of the more clean um, the, the interaction, the, the stuff that comes out was. Um, clean in the sense of more like a theoretical sense. So, so but then what, what the inference was that uh, that means at higher an energy, which also means smaller scale, uh, we, we talked about that before, you know, because due to quantum, quantum physics, so, so that means at more and more energy at, and at shorter and shorter distance, the, the interaction be, is becoming weaker. When it's weaker, it becomes cleaner. So if you extrapolate that, uh, if at high energy the interaction is weak, that means at um, long distance that that the interaction gets strong. So so through some of that experiment they're able to extrapolate certain features of the strong of the strong force. That it's first of all it's kind of, kind of counterintuitive, like the farther away two particles is b- bounded by the strong force, the stronger it is. So it's kind of like a rubber band structure. But but as you but as you get uh, 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 as the rubber band kind of get less and less stretched out, these actually behave like uh, normal particles, basically, like uh, electrons and, well, I guess electrons and and other more fundamental particles.
1: And it's up to a certain limit because I'm I'm not interacting with the strong force like on a day-to-day basis, right? It's just the inside the proton or neutron or things that contain quarks and gluons, right?
2: Right yeah yeah and I also want to follow up on something that Tim said about like um, the cleanliness, because he mentioned that it's in a theoretical sense, but it's actually I would argue that it's uh literally it's clean in the sense, when we're talking clean versus dirty before right so. If I try to pull a quark out of the proton, the harder I pull the harder it pulls back
0: mm-hmm. right,
2: and if I pull too hard, eventually that rubber band snaps and lots of uh, uh, new particles are created from that energy. Um, mm. But. Uh, If I pull the particle out fast enough, then it's possible to pull it out so quickly that the rubber band doesn't have time to get tense yet. And so Uh for a very short amount of time, you can have the quark separated from the proton. And that's why people had to notice, that's why people had to smash them so hard to see the structure. Um, You have to actually smash them very, very hard so that the quark pops out so quickly that just for like one billionth of a second, it's physically separate from the proton before the brown muck appears.
1: Huh, I thought, so one thing I thought with the strong force that it interacts at the, at the speed of light because the, the force carrying particle, the gluons are massless. So if you separate it out like how can it be quicker than the speed of light or how it's let, strong
2: at the speed of light though. Okay. Yeah. If they do interact at the speed of light. Um, uh, is there, an, is there a two way to explain that?
0: Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess everything is at the, at the speed of light at that energy, <laughs> but, but but the, but, but the more energy you inject the wavelength of these particles, I mean, keep in mind, ultimately everything is quantum mechanical, yep. you know, particle has sort of like a shape, a wave like shape. So depending on the shape of these particles, you know, how how wiggly the wavelengths are, the interaction will be a little
2: different. And it's exactly if everything did travel at the speed of light, then quarks would not be confined in protons. So if you can actually send the quark traveling close to the speed of light, then time is frozen because of relativity. So Mm -hmm. essentially, it can exit the proton before uh, the interaction gets strong before the. uh,
0: yeah, yeah so, 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 so I would say there, there's a lot of kind of um, mucky business to do with the, with the quarks and gluons, and, and mainly because they're so strongly interacting, and, 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 and it's good that's how you, you brought this up, like, uh, for, for a person, you can say, well, why do I care? I don't see any quarks and gluons flying by, like, the electrons, maybe I can feel it when I eat food, you know, chemical reaction, that's electron happening, like, why do I care about the strong force? Like, how, how is it real? It's precisely because of these attributes, because they're so strongly bound together, like everything that's bound by the strong force, it's completely stuck. So that so so that's they're, they're completely stuck to each other. So so basically, we normally ordinarily you wouldn't be able to probe the internal structure, mm-hmm. but occasionally, when we are able to interact with the internal structures of these quarks and gluons, um, you know, there are a lot of interesting things in even like technological implications and whatnot but yeah
1: i I guess like i also want to now look at like a a more like big picture view in which you're you're trying to probe the structure of like a proton for instance so you take two protons and like smash them together really high energy could you uh walk me through kind of what that process looks like and kind of like as events sort of unfold like two protons collide and then something happens and some stuff comes out of it like can you describe that a little bit more
2: we can give like a schematic view right so these two protons are approaching each other in slow motion uh i guess the first thing to understand is that like so the proton we think of a proton uh we can actually count the number of quarks that live inside of the proton it turns out that there are three quarks in each proton okay um but the true answer is it's like three-ish um, because if you look inside the proton, there's, there's three main ones, mm-hmm. but because of quantum mechanics, there's always a probability that particles and antiparticles will appear out of nowhere, as long as they disappear in a short enough amount of time. Yeah. So you can actually measure other particle species inside of the proton, um, because they're constantly appearing and disappearing. And if you catch it at just the right time, you can even catch an electron inside the proton. Um, oh,
1: yeah.
0: And also gluon. let's not neglect that. Yeah, there's a lot of gluons.
2: Yeah, mostly gluons and these gluons occasionally split into uh, quark anti quark pairs and those occasionally split into. Yeah, I guess the point that I'm trying to make now that I think about it is that (laughs) protons are actually made up of everything. (laughs) Because of quantum mechanics, everything is sort of inside of everything, right? There's electrons inside of protons. Uh Uh, In a sense, there's also there's even protons inside of electrons. And when we collide them we're simply creating enough energy to release these <laughs> ghostly particles yeah i uh, forget about that story that's interesting
0: people kind of refer them to like the popcorn it's kind of like a, a bag of popcorn kind of with different flavor so you just uh, I, I mean <laughs> in, 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 the, in the literature the 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 this This, this quantum chromodynamics, people, they're these popcorn models and they kind of visualize, I guess, maybe not literally the proton, but this brown muck. When you accelerate a proton at high energy, there's almost, there's this high energy density of quarks and gluons. It's like all kinds of stuff coming together. And as you collide, it's, it's almost like you're cooking a bunch of popcorn and they just popcorn keeps popping out and just stuff comes flying out. And usually, you, you, usually once you smash these things, because it's a mess, right? It's not really like a clean collision. It's a huge mess, and a lot of times you just get a dozens of me- mesons and protons or neutrons or anti. I don't like the popcorn. I, I
2: don't like the. It's not. It's not philosophically <laughs> accurate, I think. Anyway, it's a musical. Like, it's a nice picture. Unlike unlike popcorn, like popcorn, what you start with is essentially what you have. It's just like, well, I guess the same is true with particles. I, uh, I, OK, so I think I think most popular models that people actually use to describe, like do calculations to predict what's going to happen at these colliders. They actually do use the rubber band model. Um, so in that picture. Uh, right. in that in that picture, as the protons get closer. Right. Um, hmm, when is the momentum imparted at a certain point? Uh, there's a, there's a momentum transfer that causes one of the quarks to be ejected. And when that happens, literally a rubber band forms between the quark and all of its friend quarks that lived in the proton with it. And when that string reaches a threshold tension above a certain tension, it literally mm-hmm. snaps into uh, uh, hundreds, two hundreds of other particles that then recombine into other protons. And...
0: Yeah, l- l- let's just say that the, the mathematics or the quantum chromodynamics, the strong force, is a lot more complicated than like electromagnetism, which is what governs chemistry, right? The strong, we're talking about the the chemistry equivalent for strong force, which and and, and, and like Mikey mentioned, there, there are multiple different models to think about these interactions, and none of them are exact, but they're kind of more. More of what we call phenomenological model. They just kind no the of... string the string one is
2: philosophically
0: accurate. Yeah, but but also but still pheno- phenomenological. <laughs> it's just there's some numbers to kind of say hey you know uh, we can parametrize. We can think of these processes as strings, mm. or we can think of these processes as popcorns popping out. Um, and the, at the end of the day, the goal is to get these models to fit data basically
1: yeah so is so uh tim i think you were mentioning this uh some time back is the reason why like nuclear energy is more like you get more out of it than electrical or like chemical burning things is because when you burn things you're mostly using the electrons and shipping electrons away when you use more nuclear you're actually utilizing more of the strong force for energy usage
0: yeah that's a good yeah that that, that that's a very nice point that you brought up so so at, ultimately, at the end of the day, um, strong force is important for us because uh, it is responsible for binding different, different nucleus together. It, it it's important, like, without the strong force, they wouldn't, you know, atoms or like, uh, carbon, even there wouldn't be life. Atoms. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess or, that's true. Yeah.
1: Anything <laughs> but hydrogen, right? <laughs>
0: well, they not. They wouldn't even be protons. The I hydrogen. Oh be yeah. Well. They would just just be quarks flying around. So the world would be kind of a dare I say not so interesting. Um, so so indeed because like all this dirty stuff also brings with it like immense amounts of energy. So that's why fusion, you know, um, just just with way less. Way less fuel, if we can achieve it, will burn way more brightly. Uh, like fusion reaction mm-hmm. typically operates at, I don't know, like millions of, is it million Kelvin? Or I think it's millions of Kelvin, uh, Celsius, degrees Celsius. But actually, so, we,
2: should, we shouldn't forget that it didn't happen by accident. It's basically, right? Like when, when stars explode, they essentially like compact stuff into these, like, you know, they, they compact, like, you know, protons into these, like, hundred proton configurations. You it, like, you know, the, the uranium atom is like this. Mm-hmm. It's only created in supernovas. That's what mm-hmm. it takes to get enough energy to create this fuel cell. Uh, and it's basically a dense fuel cell full of this, this strong force energy. And when we find it, we can break it and blow stuff up.
1: <laughs> yeah. So okay so what I'm what I'm getting is that 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 intuition is 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 pretty spot on and that's why we should care about what's inside a proton because of eventual energy efficiency if fusion does succeed.
2: Yeah there's a, there's our ability to, our ability to harvest it is important but uh Oh, uh, hopefully there's something important beyond that, <laughs> although... <laughs> and, and also it's interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's, um, it's a very
0: interesting type of force, like even though, on appearance, it's very different, it gets, like, it gets stronger as we move further apart. Like, it, it, if you and I have strong forces, it'll be, a, it, it'll be a huge mess, right? The world will be strongly interacting. But it turns out the mathematical principle governing them is it's very, it's the same. It's just one number. The, the interaction strength is different. Or, of course, yeah, it's just some, a few numbers that are different. So that's remarkable. Um, the, same, the very different, drastically different physics comes from the same mathematics. And it tells you something about
2: fundamental nature. I think what it tells us is that you can't really split anything, right? Like, if you, even if you split a proton and an electron, <laughs> Even though they're apart physically, they're still entangled uh, until they interact with so many things, other things that it becomes like a brown muck.
1: Uh, it's very, very deep. So we're <laughs> uh, we're basically uh, we're basically on time. Is there anything you guys want to say to to conclude? Any last thoughts? That was my conclusion. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess
0: I, I mean. Yeah. I suppose we could summarize a bit slightly better, um, like unfortunately many of our episodes, it's always like the, the answer is ambiguous, but <laughs> but when you get to, when you get to fundamental physics, uh, you know, life doesn't
2: have simple answers, <laughs> it's true, yeah, it's,
0: it's not so obvious what we mean by split or not, and of course I can, we can definitively say that you cannot cleanly split a proton, um, like that much you can't is true, can only split anything, yeah, you, but then, but then again, can you ever cleanly split anything? But but the answer is that we definitively know that um, protons can be thought of as made of something more fundamental. So we could split it in a dirty way. We could very much so. Um, so my my I would give the thumb. I would give, a thumb, I, I, would give a, I, I would personally would give a thumbs up that we yes we can split a proton. I would say it, <laughs> just straight up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool, all right. cool cool yeah so with, with that i'd like to thank everybody for for joining us and uh and we'll see you all here next week